When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. A busy Monday with Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. You've heard the news. You've seen the news. Now we have more news with staff changes for Nebraska football. We'll announce that. A statement just out uh, seconds ago from Keith Mann. But Scott Frost is back for 2022. How you feeling about that as a Big Red fan? Numbers and phone lines open most of this hour, 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And again, the email chris at hailvarsity.com. Well, we were wondering if and when a statement would be made by Trev Alberts. Statement came down around 2 o'clock today. And uh, the clear plan and vision was touched on by Trev Alberts about what Scott Frost plans to do, what he wants to do, what he will do. There's also restructuring involved. Next time you see a Michigan fan that is sitting down at Memorial Stadium or headed that way or you're having a beer with a Michigan fan, thank them for being the first to do the restructure, which they did with Jim Harbaugh, his Annual number went from eight million to four million, and his total buyout walkaway money was four million dollars. I don't know what the number is on Scott. Those public numbers aren't released yet, but if Scott's owed twenty million and there's restructuring, Trev Alberts is like, "Look, Scott, let's give you another year. Here, tell me about your your vision statement. Give me your plan. How are you going to win close ball games? How are you going to fix things?" What's going to be different next year from this year? We'll get into all of that in a moment. But the news that just came down, here are your staff changes for Nebraska football. The Big Red just wrapping up a team meeting. And uh, head football coach Scott Frost announcing today that the Huskers have parted ways with four assistant coaches effective immediately. Offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach Matt Lubick. Offensive line coach, run game coordinator Greg Austin. Running backs coach Ryan Held. Quarterbacks coach Mario Verdusco. No longer part of the program. I appreciate the work and sacrifice these men have made for the University of Nebraska and this football program and wish them all well, Frost said. They are all men of outstanding character, and good coaches. But as we strive for better consistency and execution, 
We need fresh ideas and voices on our offensive staff. Make that make of that statement what you will. But there's just been inconsistency with running back retention, usage, rotation. There's been inconsistency with development, physicality, and depth on the offensive line. You've had a real upgrade as far as talent and size at the wide receiver position, but it's been kind of a mess. And Elijah, this offense, bud, is is just too boomer bust. That's it. So when we talk about vision and plan for Nebraska moving forward in 2021, you have two games left, and then 2022, you, you can't run what's been inconsistent, and is in, and it's this Oregon offense where you have a 50-yard gash play to Toure or a 72-yard touchdown, but it's too herky-jerky. Sometimes you stop doing what's what works, or when you want to run the football on third and two or fourth and four, you can't or don't. Or when you do drop back to try and hit a pass over the middle, it's incomplete because your quarterback is both hurt and injured and it affects his accuracy. Or the guy's being mauled at a 50% pressure rate every time he drops back. So, yeah, there's going to be fall guys on the staff because Scott is back. If if, if you had Greg, a beer with Greg Austin, you'd probably hear that Man, we need to be more physical. We need to get downhill. I think you just had some some differences in philosophy, and the head coach gets to make the call. This is my offense. This is what I want to do. This is what worked at Oregon. This is what worked at Central Florida. It has not worked to the level it needs to work in the Big Ten where you're averaging about 23 points a game. And you've ignored special teams every year you've been here. Because you've never assigned it to a dedicated coach. So what is next for Nebraska? Well, A, I think they blow up what they want to do offensively, clearly, with the removal of everybody on the offensive staff, thank God, except for Becton. Coach Becton's group, the tight ends, have been money. They block. They're talented. They catch the football. They do their job at a high level. And he's coached for multiple decades. Okay, he's that's the one position group you've seen super high level of consistency on top of some young pups, right? With Fedoni there waiting in the wings, you've seen an elevated level by Austin Allen. Uh, he had Brewington, uh, of course, Hickman's there, and then uh, Vokalek has played good football this year and really been an asset on the edge. So. Uh, Becton staying makes a, a, a ton of sense here with the staff changes. But uh, no, you're, you're going to be shopping here because in-home visits start November 28th. You are shopping between now and then to get you an offensive line coach, to get you a running backs coach, to get you a wide receiver slash offensive coordinator coach. And you as a head coach can certainly coach quarterbacks. And when we talk about what system can work, it needs to be power-based, it needs to be run-based, and you need to find an identity and if it drifts back and just listening back to the Fox broadcast uh, between Gus and, and Clatt, they had hinted at more of an option identity. Maybe that's the way you go. Maybe that's where you go. 
Uh, I am going to stump, and yeah, it's a little personal, but you've got a hell of a good wide receiver slash running backs coach as an offensive analyst right now in Ron Brown. So maybe you slide him in these last two games for sure. you got to assume that's where they go. Where else would they go? Well, what, you've got one of the best in the country at, at, <laughs> at two different position groups. He's done it well, right? I mean, he's at least got to be filling in for these last couple. I mean, I mean, with four coaches gone on the offensive side of the ball, who's even going to step up and be like the interim head coaches during this time? Don't have any clue for you. That's that's an interesting to think about. Well, it, it is. And, you know, uh, if you're Nebraska right now, too, let's just talk a, a second here about this, this restructuring. And you as a Nebraska fan, are you okay with one more year of Scott? I think he needed another year. We've talked to a lot of people. Uh, the straw poll with the Real Red Reaction show is most of you saying, bring him back. But I love this restructuring. And let's let's get into that. Lineup is is pretty good today, too. Ten minutes away from Greg Smith from Hale Varsity. Get his reaction and take on recruiting uh, in hour two. Charlie McBride will have something to say about this for sure, Mr. Blackshirt. Uh, Bill Dolman going to join us uh, to get his take. He was the first to, to utter the restructuring word after the Minnesota loss. And then Jay Moore with his take, uh, Big Red Wrap-Ups, Jay Moore. So when we talk restructuring here, I'm, I, I think Scott needs another year, and it's another year that is not just limping into a bowl game. You need seven, eight, nine wins next year. It's a tough, tough, tough ask to switch systems, flip systems, hire new coaches, and your job now as Scott Frost is to go fill these voids on your on your assistants on the offensive side, go seal some deals in recruiting or the portal with roster management, and then make it all work by Ireland <laughs> and and be off and running. That that is your job. That is what you do, and it is all about business and serious. And I could see Trev sitting down with Scott and saying, Scott, what, what should we do about this? You know, when I'm really, 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 really pissed at Junior, instead of just screaming and saying you're grounded for till the end of time, uh, Junior, I ask him, like, I'm really upset about something. What do you think should happen? Well, I shouldn't probably be on my games. Maybe you should have my phone. Maybe I shouldn't see my buddies this weekend. He knows the drill. He knows what to say. But you have, again, another case in point of accountability and leadership with Trev Alberts. He is, he's the one that is going to save Nebraska $24.5 million because he didn't blow Scott Frost out today or after Iowa. He's going to let Scott work for his money and earn money there's an old saying with a lot of the 90s guys you got to pay rent rents due every day well he's got to start paying rent literally and what's this restructuring look like if we follow the harbaugh blueprint eight million to four million with a total buyout of four million and then the the buyout drops a million dollars per year thereafter He's owed $20 million. I could see, and I don't know this. We'll get the numbers eventually. But I look at this and, and I say, listen, you're getting paid for this year. 
You're getting paid for next year. Your base is five. That's it. There's ten. Ten's it. And your buyout's gone. Okay? So basically, you're working for this year. You're paid for this year. You're working for next year. And your buyout will be $4.5 million, maybe close to what a third year would have been. There's no way he was going to get 20. I don't think he was going to get in the high teens if it doesn't work out after 2022. And there you go. And and maybe maybe you make Scott use some of his own money in this projected $20 million price tag attached to him. And, of course, Ronnie Green's applauding because he's the guy who gave Scott the extension in 19 that ballooned this buyout to over $20 million. You say, Scott, listen, why don't you use some of your, your buyout money to go get these assistants? Because you're going to have to really sell that we're about to pop, be a part of the ride, right? Like you've done to recruits. Well, you got to do it to some coaches. And give them three. Standard deals, too. Give them three. Give them a three-year guarantee. You may be here for one, but we'll pay you for three. That may sound wasteful, but you got to get it right with who you hire here. Right? And I love his loyalty, but it wasn't pragmatic enough going and jumping from the AAC. And you've seen this history, aside from Matt Rule, where... These jobs with these monster programs are hard. They're tough. They have insane expectations. And Scott knew all of this. But it's a whole lot different coaching ball in the AAC, all due respect, than it is moving to the Big Ten where everyone across the sidelines a trained killer when it comes to being able to scheme or outcoach you or an experienced staff. Or guess what? They've developed guys. So they're not playing freshmen or redshirt freshmen on, in, in the starting lineup on the line of scrimmage. And let's not forget some of the best recruiters in the country are in the Big Ten as well. They are. And beyond the recruiting part, they are insane developers. Mm-hmm. Period. So, listen, I think it's the right move to retain Scott. You have an answer. So you can go out and recruit. Now you got to go get a staff field. And this is not new territory. Uh, you have Oregon State whacking part of their defensive staff. You have Florida uh, whacking part of their staff. And, uh, yeah, the bus has been driven and then backed over. Guys on the offensive staff who, who've been a part of this. I honestly think, too, Elijah, there's just been too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We're too, many, too many captains trying to grab the wheel with what, what they think should, should be done. And, and, and part of this, too, is Scott's got to back away from play calling. Go get an offensive coordinator that knows what the hell's going on and has his own vision and plan as to win physical football. You've got a special teams coordinator on staff right now in Bill Bush as part of an analyst. So there's, there's Ron Brown and, and Bill Bush are two guys that are right now analysts. Move them into on-field coaching roles. And then go figure out who you go get on the offensive line. Figure out who you get as an offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach and quarterback coach. And your head coach can be the quarterback coach. Real easy. But this buyout needs to be minimal. And we'll see. I mean, you're talking seven to eight wins. Probably with next year's schedule, need to be around that eight to nine win total. 
You just can't limp in. Look, I got a, I got a bowl game. Now, we'll get to Greg in a minute with recruiting. That's still going to be a, t- a tough sell. But I think you've got enough people on staff uh, with, with Coach Brown and uh, with, with Bill Bush. They can go hammer the portal for you, right? They've got folks they know that are, are pretty good. It's just a matter of do you want to take your own gamble and come join this program? And it may only be for a year. But he's back, and he's got a chance to prove it, and he's got a chance to prove that he does bleed for Nebraska, which he does. I think he does. But this just goes all the way back to what were you doing or not doing in year four as we fast forward here, year one into year four now with what work and progress was being put in. It's biting you now, period. Greg Smith recruiting more of your calls and thoughts and emails. Scott's back for 2022. What do you think of that from Trev? Hail Varsity continues on a Monday. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back to you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pretty busy day. We mentioned the offensive staff changes. The only folks staying for the final two games of 2021, uh, well, Scott Frost and, and Coach Becton. We say hi to Greg Smith, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Recruiting Insider at Greg Smith HV. Greg, uh, reaction here to Scott's retention and then the staff changes. Uh, wild times too. Um, I think that the, the Scott Frost news of the first was, um, it felt like we had been building a little bit towards something like that, uh, where Frost would be retained in some sort of a way. And at the restructuring thing, we still have that news to kind of fully drop, uh, because we don't have the, the restructured contract details yet. Um, but it did feel like momentum was going that way, even after the loss on Saturday. Um, the like complete reshuffle of the offensive staff is, is a huge stunner. Um, a, because I don't, I don't think even this just happens enough totally quote me on this. I don't think this has ever happened in the history of the school, right? Have they ever blown out um, a, a side of the ball staff during the season like this in school history? I don't think it's no. happened. Um, and so to, and then to have four guys um, be gone and not just one or two is quite a bit. I like to put it out there. I was pretty surprised that held um, was included in the group. Uh, if, if you you know knock him for not picking the right running backs in recruiting, okay. Um, but they also got multiple guys ready um, throughout this season and in previous years. You know, even though you had Ramirez Johnson start fifth on the depth chart this year, um, he's been fine this year. Um, and so, and with all the junior college and portal connections that he has, I thought that that one was a little bit interesting, given they're going to have to hit the ground running in those two aspects too. Uh, but it's a huge day around here. Wow. Yeah, Greg, I, and I i mean, Held's a good dude, a Nebraska guy, and he brought a lot of talent here. The other side of the coin would be just kind of just a rotation, right? Either guys right, never right. got lathered up or where's the development or, you know, what's what's going on? And, and you can say the same, too, for the, the herky-jerkiness of, okay, where's Omar and where's Betts? Oh, okay, here's Omar and here's Betts. I mean, right, right, right. They, they're all of a sudden now playing. I mean, Becton's nails. Coach Becton and his tight ends have been great. And I, I kind of feel for Greg Austin, and hear me out on this, Greg Austin's been playing freshman and redshirt freshman, 
and I know it's his job to develop, that said, I think if you if if you ask Greg Austin, he'd be the first to say, let's just run down, let's run the the, the the damn ball sixty times a game instead of this boomer bust play action. Let's ask our offensive line who may not be capable yet to to pass block for five seconds uh, on a long developing pass rod. I think you've had some different pages for a long time on the offensive side. Yeah, and I think that that bears itself out in what we see on Saturdays, right? Um, and, and, and honestly, if you look a little bit deeper, it bears out what you hear Monday through Friday in press conferences, right? When you hear defensive players and defensive coaches and the defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander, talk, they all sound like they're speaking the same language, that they've been in the same meeting rooms. When you hear that, you hear from the offensive people, um, it does not sound like that. It sounds like you're getting a lot of different um, types of information from those guys. And then what do you see on Saturday? You see disjointed football, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I think that that all it makes sense. Um, if, if guys weren't on the same page, and it definitely seems like that was the case, um, we've seen that play out over the course of the season, and really over the course of the last couple of years. Greg, we'll get to recruiting in a moment, but Frost is likely going to be uh, the, the OC here. I mean, he's he's been that, so that's what we got moving forward with Wisconsin and Iowa. What do you know about Steve Cooper? Uh, and Verducci and, 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 and Demio. I mean, both those guys could work with the O-line. And, of course, Coach Brown's done great work as a running backs coach, all-wide receivers coach, and you can have Beckton do the wide, wide outs and the tight ends. Tell me about Cooper, Verducci, and, and Demio. Yeah, you also have Keenan Lowe on staff as an analyst as well, who could also pitch in with wide receivers too. So they, they have options there. Um, he's a young coach, but still up and coming. Um, I think that, that the one with Verducci on the offensive line, I mean, he's a guy who as an analyst has been around for quite a long time. Um, and he's a seasoned guy. He's been around football a long time. I know the players respect him. So I think that he'd be a guy that can slide in to at least handle these roles, the role for a couple of weeks. Um, Cooper is a pretty young guy um, and he'll be coaching quarter Backs probably moving forward here, at least in the interim basis, mm-hmm. um, and Demio the same kind of way. But it's going to be it's going to be hard for those guys to do two things at once, really, and go from being an analyst and being in a support role, no matter how good they are and up and coming they are to then coaching position groups as you get ready for two pretty big-time opponents here, right, two rivals. And, oh, by the way, they're probably going to need to pass the recruiting test so they can go out on the road and recruit in short order, too, right? Like, there's a lot of things up in the air um, for all of those guys, even though they've been capable as analysts. um, It's going to be a big step up for a lot of those guys, especially the younger ones um, that haven't been through this before. Greg Smith's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, I want to get your take on a on a small portion of Scott Frost's statement that he released a few minutes ago, uh, saying that we needed fresh ideas and voices on our coaching staff. When you read that, does that make you think that this offense could be looking a lot different next year than what we saw this year whenever he's talking about needing new ideas and new voices? Or do you think it's still going to be the, the Scott Frost offense but with some tweaks? Well, that was the, the most intriguing thing that he could have probably said, I think. 
um, because I, you you need to have some changes. Something has to change. Um, you can't just swap out guys for different, you know, Chip Kelly, like Oregon, UCF, UCLA type guys, right, and just continue to do the same thing. You probably need to have a little bit bigger changes than that. Um, the problem with that is that, you know, like you said, the offense is Scott Frost's offense. You know, Schmitty said, you know, Frost, yeah, of course he'll slide into the OC role. He calls the offense anyway, right? Um, and so you need to have fresh ideas, and it's w- whether or not Frost is willing to accept and implement those new ideas will probably be the biggest question going into next season and if this team can, you know, take a couple of steps forward. The problem on the flip side of that is, is that's really hard to do, right? Like, that's not an easy bar to clear to just say, hey, we're going to bring in four new coaches and four new position coaches, change our offensive system and identity, hit the ground running, and win seven or eight games next year. Like, that's going to be a very high bar to clear. It, it's the bar that needs to be met, though, right? I mean, right, right. No, I'm not saying no, it no, I, that I, is, I, no, exactly. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a that's a huge order, though. So, tell me this, Greg. What what's got to don't don't they have to hire? Don't they have to don't they have to go into in homes the 28th of November with their new staff figured out? Yes, because you're going to want – so there's a few things, especially for recruiting purposes. Like you're going to want to have a clear understanding and vision to pitch to recruits on what it is that that recruit is going to be coming into, especially if you're still looking at that point, you probably will be to fill slots in this 2022 class. But probably even bigger than that, you're going to have to convince junior college and um, transfer portal kids to come and transfer to Nebraska – with, with or without a, a clear offensive plan, that's why you have to have that in place uh, moving forward. Otherwise, those guys don't know what they're getting into. The guys in 22 are going to probably be more developmental guys anyway just by nature of how big the class is and where the star ranking is. But if you really want to hit the ground running and hit some home runs and Juco and the portal, you're going to have to have something to present to those guys to be able to get them to buy in and come sign up to be Huskers. Now, Greg, after the, the multiple decommitments we've seen over the past month, month and a half, uh, are you worried about any more? Are there any kids that are in this current recruiting class that had primary recruiters that are now no longer at Nebraska? Man, that's that's tough because I just sounds I had not looked at that yet. Um, probably, I would say, you're, yeah, because Grant Page, the receiver out in Colorado, um, his primary guy was Lubick, and he really liked Lubick. I remember after that commitment, I came on the show and talked about how much um, he spoke glowingly about Matt Lubick. So that will definitely be one. Um, I'm sure Ashton Hayes was very close um, to Ryan Held, um, and so they're definitely going to have to be on the phone with him pretty quickly here. Um, to try and you know keep him in the boat because he's been having a he had a huge senior season um, out there in Nevada. I know Brian Held was actually out there to visit him during the bye week, um, and so yeah, that will definitely be something that Nebraska will want to keep an eye on on the offensive side of the ball. The only silver lining in that is with the class being so small, they don't have that many guys that they need to really be concerned with. Um, and of course, the quarterback Torres who developed a relationship with with Verduzco. Greg Smith is with us. Greg, tell me about this weekend uh, when it comes to recruiting. Nebraska gets a, uh, a three-star wideout, Jalen Martin from Chicago. Uh, you have uh, Cooper Houseman from Norris, uh, preferred walk-on. I know, uh, of course, uh, Noah Walters. He's one of our favorites. Uh, love watching that kid play. Oh, yeah. He got a walk-on offer as well. But Nebraska stayed busy during the Ohio State weekend, didn't they? 
Yeah, Jake Lindenmeyer from Brazil, yes. La Vista, tied in, also committed to be a preferred walk-on, too. Uh, yeah, it was a big weekend, um, ironically, for Nebraska recruiting. Um, Jaleel Martin, the, the three-star cornerback out of Chicago, 6'3", 180, 81-inch wingspan. Um, you can do something with that, right? Like, when, you, when you're trying to get guys that project into Big Ten cornerbacks and defensive backs, um, he can play fake your corner. Um, that's the type of size and, and length that you really like, and Travis Fisher definitely covets those types of players. Um, and Nebraska has something nice building with those Chicago guys, too, um, with a couple of them already on the roster. Um, and so that's good. I think the Noah Walters news is really intriguing. Um, and we'll see kind of where that goes, though, as now that throws all of that stuff into flux now that you um, don't have a quarterback's coach that, that would have uh, assumingly given him that offer to begin with. Um, and so in Cooper House in the same way, because he's starting off or was said that he would start off in the quarterback room and kind of work his way from there. Uh, but it was a big weekend for Nebraska on the recruiting trail. Some good things really did happen for him this weekend. Greg, I got a minute left. Does this parting of ways right now here look bad for Nebraska, or was it just absolutely necessary? I, I personally, my gut reaction is that it does not look bad because it seems to be par for the course in college football. I think it will look bad to certain Nebraska people, and I know there's already some alums out there that are tweeting stuff about how it's a bad day for the program, and I understand that and totally respect that, um, but we just saw the same thing happen down in Florida coincidentally with Dan Mullen. Um, you've seen it other places. Like I, I just think that this happens now, and part, a large part of it is to do with recruiting and trying to get your staff back in place and reordered so that you can hit the ground running on the trail. Is Nebraska just not developing like they need to or is it just a case in point of guys being young oh i think that they're not i think they're not developing um at the same rate that you thought that they might have based on some of these recruiting profiles that they okay. had brought in with guys um but you know, a new coach could unlock that greg uh, you'll be busy we'll be busy thanks for giving us a few minutes today bud hey thanks for having me man have a good week you too there he is greg smith your reaction Uh, More reactions with the staff changes and the decision to retain Coach Frost for 2022. Open phones till 5. Coach McBride on the way. Numbers to get in. 466-3776-800-825-5865. Right way to go. Keeping Frost around for one more year. Chime in. 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Busy news day as Scott Frost is back for 2022. Trev Alberts announcing that. And uh, Scott Frost announcing the departure of everyone on his offensive staff at Super Mario. That's, uh, of course, Greg Austin. That is Ryan Held. And uh, that is also Super. I said Super Mario, didn't I? So I got Super Mario, I got Hell, I got Austin, Becton is back, and then Lubick is gone as well. And uh, Nebraska will move forward here. A uh, little bit of a hodgepodge and uh, a chance to a chance to figure out uh, what direction they go. Joel Klatt has weighed in. He was just in Lincoln for Nebraska, Ohio State. His reaction to Trev Albert's statement and Coach Frost's statement. This is the correct decision for Nebraska football. They're far too close to turn around and start over. 
if the same things happen next year, it's a different story, as Frost himself will admit. That's where I'm at. When push came to shove as to are you good with or are you not okay with another season, you got a complicated mess for Trev with money owed, money spent, and just let Scott go truly see if he can figure it out. Put it on him. It's all about accountability, right? And the problem that's gone on with Nebraska football under Scott Frost has been several things when it comes to attention to detail and organization. They're just a mess with some things. Uh, They need to look at their practice, I I would assume, not being there hands-on to see it. How many guys are, are getting reps at practice? How many young guys are getting developed? So by the time they're in year two or three of the program, they're ready to go. They're confident in what they're running. This offense itself is fun, right? It's fun to see a 75-yard home run play. But you don't live and, and survive in the Big Ten that way. You just don't. Now, this is Frost's second offensive coordinator because Walters got punted. Now Lubick's out, and you're out, you're you're kind of running out of guys to th- sacrifice. It's on you to change. And while it's fun and sexy to be high flying and high scoring, uh, it's been way too inconsistent. Without any threat of being consistently powerful enough to run and get gr- just grinded out dirty yards in the Big Ten in November or in October or in September. And I'm all for still having a mobile quarterback. Absolutely am. But he can't be he can't be your offense. And you've had four years to get that fixed. If I'm Trev Alberts and I'm sitting down and having a cup of coffee Sunday morning talking with Scott Frost, like how the hell are we playing a quarterback with a broken jaw? I get you want this team to be tough, and I get the kid wanted to play, and he was cleared to play somehow. and he's got an ankle and now he's running in the second half but he didn't run against minnesota and he didn't run that much against purdue where's the where's the right answer here so it's all on scott's plate now to be a leader to be organized to be disciplined to give a crap about all phases of football special teams that have murdered you in this league. And you guys are going to miss kicks. What are they doing during practice? And that's not a shot at Contreras or or Culp. I mean, guys are going to miss kicks. But Nebraska's missed a lot of kicks. Go find a punter. Make it a priority. And because you thought your offense was going to score 70 a game in the Big Ten because the Big Ten was going to adjust to you, you didn't really give a damn what your kickers looked like. Or what their consistency was like. If they're, you didn't want to, you didn't think you'd need them. You needed them for extra points and you needed them for the spring game to kick because you weren't going to be punting. And people have just caught up and caught on to the Oregon way. Period. So do you think that you were, I mean, discussing the special teams here, do you think that Nebraska? fires four coordinators or fires four coaches and brings in three and actually hires a dedicated special teams coordinator 
Do you think that's possible here with the removal of Lubick? Do you think that opens up a space to be able to bring in an actual dedicated special yes. coach to be able to fix those things? Yes, ab- yes, it better. <laughs> you can't talk your way into keeping your job, even at a re- even at at a at a at a you're getting cut off at the knees financially at a price reduction, and still not have a special teams coordinator. You can't. So, and, and you and you've got a proven one on on staff as an analyst in Bill Bush right now. I mean, there's there's two different ways. Does does Frost? bring in a new specialty or new offensive coordinator with a different offensive yes, vision or yes, yes, or does yes. he make himself the offensive coordinator no what what needs to happen in my one of those options terrifies me no <laughs> what needs to happen in my humble opinion is it needs to be power-based it needs to be run-oriented and you can still get after big 10 teams through play action look at how bad quarterback play has been for iowa and wisconsin Okay, just case in point, the two teams you haven't beat, the two teams you're chasing. Look at how inconsistent quarterback play has been for, for Minnesota. In Illinois, I mean, you got a guy named Art that's, <laughs> that's wormed his way to three wins. Why? Because the pig farmer lines up and kills people on the line of scrimmage. I mean, look at Illinois' like surge. And Purdue's, Purdue's, Purdue's Purdue. But at least they get it. They, they ran the ball for the sake of balance two weeks ago. They ran the ball for the sake of balance against Sparty to, to put up 40 points. And they got a game breaker and a David Bell. Look at everybody else around you in the league and what they do. There's some outliers, sure. But even Harbaugh smartened up. Harbaugh said, you know what, dude, we're going we're gonna to just get nasty and be physical and we're going to run the football like old Michigan. That's what they're doing this year. They're good. They're really good. Ohio State's different because of how well they recruit. And they're even not as efficient, quite frankly. They're, they're great, but they're not as efficient as what they, they have been. Yeah, I mean, they, the game with their lowest scoring output this year was the game where they abandoned the run against Nebraska. R- right, right. You got that dude at, at running back. And part of that might have been, you know, Nebraska is pretty good. Let's not test them. Dan tweets in, sounds like we've given up on the last two games. I'm guessing we'll have a lot of players opt out the rest of the season. That's a bigger discussion point with recruiting portal retention you've got all of that to do on top of find your staff between now and november 28th you can do it uh let's take this phone call John, you're with us on Hale Varsity. You got about 30 seconds, bud. Hired the defensive coordinator for two million as the head coach. Start, 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 it. start over. What, what is your plan? My plan is hire the defensive coach as our head coach for two million. We're three point something ahead, then spend another million on an offensive. So just get rid of Scott. I, just get rid of Scott completely and let Shenander do think, it. I don't think we should get rid of him. But I'm just saying, if they're going to do it, why not hire the defensive coordinator to keep continuity there? And if they fire Scott, we got to go to a break, John. Hang on. Recruits. Okay. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. More phone calls from you, John. Thanks for starting out and then finishing your thoughts to Elijah off air. We're winding down this first hour. 
Well, a whole lot of thoughts from Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, in 10 minutes. Mondays with Charlie, coach with us. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, going to weigh in, sound off on the changes. The offensive assistants gone today. That announcement at four. Sean Becton has been retained. And uh, Scott Frost will move forward with a much different offensive staff uh, heading into Wisconsin. What's the... Uh, the candidate pool look like and how good is it for Nebraska moving forward because you'll need to to hire a wide receivers coach and an offensive line coach and a running backs coach. Now, I say give that gig to Ron Brown. Uh, can Becton coach wideouts and tight ends? Possibly. And can Scott coach quarterbacks? Leave the throwing shot put jokes off to the side for a moment. I was just about to go there. And, and let's just say, can he coach quarterbacks? That way, guess what? There's a spot open for, say it with me, a special teams coordinator and also a money recruiter and portal guru named Bill Bush. So there's there's two of my pieces I'm going all in on. Ron, Billy, we, we need you to, to, to be full-time coaches, not just senior analysts now. So your take on the return of Scott Frost, are you down with it? Are you against it? Or are you just going to tolerate it? And, and it, it's all there. It's all there. Figure out a new staff. Figure out a new offense. Go win seven, eight to nine games. I'm putting the number out there. Trev is not. And go win in Ireland. And by the way, uh, we're taking some of your pay. We do have our, our first thought I've seen so far out from a, a player. We have Teddy Prohoshka tweeting a one-word response to the news today. Damn. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess what? The offensive line, players, to a man, love Greg Austin. Mm -hmm. Period. End of discussion. And while Greg's getting blamed for this, this line, I think this is a scheme and system that doesn't allow you to be physical. And how much physicality is going on in practice? Something's happened. Well, in, 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 a, in a good way, because you see the defensive side of the ball. The offense needs to take notes from the defense, just not in performance and play, but just how it's run from an accountability standpoint. And you've got example number two of accountability with Trev in charge. Scott, get up here. we got to talk NCAA uh, violation potential. Two, Scott, guess what, dude? Uh, we're restructuring your deal. You don't like it? See ya. Well, I, I think... Talking Greg Austin here, I think the biggest indictment of Austin was that at, before the season started in preseason press conferences, we heard from Greg Austin, we heard from other offensive coaches too. This offensive line is expected to be one of the better position groups on the team, mm-hmm. a, a position group you can lean on, and they were the exact opposite of that. They were the biggest liability on the team this season. You had returning starters mm-hmm. with Piper. You had Sichterman that's been in the program. You've had Hickson. You had Jurgens, who's an NFL guy. You have Jurgens, and you have Ben Hart. Okay, and then you have Corcoran. And then you got uh, Banks. You got Ezra. You've got a lot of guys, but I'll say this, not all of them have played that much. Some have played enough to be good. Some some have not. And the tackles specifically, I'm not ready to punt on the tackles. I'm not. I mean, and Teddy's a big-time difference maker. If he doesn't get hurt, we may not be having the Greg Austin discussion today. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back at it, hour two. More reaction from you. Get to some of your emails, more of your calls. As uh, a big announcement from Trev Alberts earlier today, Scott Frost is back. Restructuring of Coach Frost's contract for 2022. And the news coming down about an hour ago from Coach Frost. A statement, uh, we're leaving all of his offensive staff except Coach Becton, the tight ends coach. Have a tweet here from Ryan Held that just came down. And uh, Ryan Held, uh, Nebraska kid, or I said Nebraska player and, and a Kansas City region kid. And Coach Held's always been very classy and, and stand up and wish him the best. He says, thank you, Coach Frost. You believed in me. You gave me uh, my chance to coach at the D1 level. I love Nebraska dearly, always will. I wish the program nothing but success. Thank you to the coaches, players, and fans. There is no place like Nebraska GBR for life. So, classy statement from Ryan Held. Tough day for Coach Held. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, uh, Charlie McBride of Monday with Charlie. Coach, uh, a, a shake-up day for Nebraska football and an announcement from Trev Alberts earlier. Coach, we'll get to some of the Ohio State in a moment, but I want to get your thoughts here on, on Trev bringing Scott back and also the restructuring of salary. What's your reaction? Well, a lot of that restructuring thing is, is pr- probably pretty confidential, you know, at this point. You know, what what, what exactly reconstructuring means, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of things that, as an AD, you can do. Um, I know a lot of times, especially in basketball, a lot of times it goes this way where they, re- they get three years or four years or whatever it is, and it's it gets terminate any time mm-hmm. you know it's it's not a locked in deal and um, so you know there's just so many things you can talk about you know when you get a restructuring thing it's it's probably it, it won't it, i tell you what it won't hurt him mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh, trev isn't that you know that way i, I don't i don't know that uh, you know there's even any money involved in it it may be some you know some things in the contract that are changed mm-hmm. that that may be something but uh you know and he knows what he's doing and uh i said a laugh he's got good advice at home with having an attorney for a wife <laughs> <laughs> i bet i bet what do you what do you think of scott coming back are you, are you surprised that nebraska oh said- yeah no i'm not no 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 i i i'm i'm i didn't think he should that that i didn't think that should happen mm-hmm. you know that that's not a uh, a good deal. I don't think it's, you know, that's a hard thing to do. I, I just think that there's some times when you have to make some changes. And, you know, I've talked to a few people that, you know, and, and I, I got the feeling that that was kind of where it was going to go. Uh, I didn't know, you know, I don't know the names about, you know, guys. That I, I had a few that I I know if I was the head coach I probably would have talked to about getting something you know something else mm-hmm. <laughs> but but um, you know th- th- there is some things I think 
offensively. I, I remember when Tom was um, the, uh, you know, the kind of the offense, he was the offensive coordinator and, uh, you know, he coached the quarterbacks and then he got Turner Gill. He coached the quarterbacks and then he had Frank coaching the running backs. You've got three guys stacked up at a position almost that you really need two and you don't need probably three if the coach is going to coach it. Well, like he did, you know, and I, and Scott's a good enough, you know, guy to be able to coach quarterbacks himself. So, you know, there may have been some things so they can add to another position, uh, which may be a special teams guy. It may be another uh, special teams guy and a guy to help with the offensive line. Um, be, you know, uh, be a kind of an assistant offensive line coach. So you have two guys working with them, with one with the running game, one with the passing game primarily. Um, you know, had one, one guy's ahead of it, of course. You know, that little bit like uh, I think Milt was and Dan worked together. And when, <clears throat> when that happened, we all, when Dan was the special teams coach, all of us had a uh, all, all of us had a, a piece of that uh, of coaching that special teams. Um, I, I didn't have one because I was working with the two tech, the two defensive inside guys, mm-hmm. and the middle linebacker working on the stunts that they do while the guys were kicking. So we, you know, we had somebody going all of rotating around. If I had a middle linebacker that was in the kicking game, then when he his team was out there. He left, and the, somebody came in. But you know that was the time frame on that is is different too. Um, you know, sometimes you get a longer special teams period. I don't know how they they practice uh, at all, but uh, I know I know one thing. I I do know that Tom. Uh, I think it. It's pretty much talked to all of the coaches that came in about doing four stations. Mm-hmm. because of the number of walk-ons you have. You know, there's no sense in having them if you're not going to do something like that. Uh, having that many players out there standing around doing nothing, you got to teach them. You know, so you got to use it uh, as a scrimmage period for the guys that aren't in it or something. But you have to have people working at it. Got to get that development going. Charlie McBride's with us here Mondays with Charlie. Coach, what... What needs to happen on the offensive line, and what what style of offense does Nebraska need to go to? In Scott's statement today, he said, "You know, we need some fresh ideas." I'm kind of paraphrasing, but I think they'll move away from this Oregon stuff and and get get a get an identity or try to get an identity. And Greg mm-hmm. Austin's a Nebraska guy. Would would it make sense to make a phone call to to a guy like John Garrison to come back to Nebraska? He's at NC State. Oh, yeah. Or or Certainly. what about what about a Riola? I'm hearing that name, and I know he doesn't have much. He, he has high school coaching experience, but let's talk about what you got to have on the O line. Well, I think you know any of those guys that, that he feels like are the best are good recruiters. You know, you have to kind of combine that with, I remember when I came, you know, the, the thing was is when Tom sat me down the first couple of days, it was um, the first thing you are as a recruiter and the second thing you are as a coach, <laughs> you know, so, and, and if you can get, and if you, if you cheat, you're fired. That was simple. That was, that was, that was my outline of my job description. 
that yeah, with with where Nebraska is going with this change coach. I mean, what what style what style of offense do you think Nebraska needs to move towards? Well, they, you know, I think I I think they can add to what they have. I think they have some good things they shouldn't get rid of. I okay, mean, you know, um, and I I think it's just a matter of getting together with the new guys, and, and they'll all have different ideas. You know, and that sometimes that's what falls into place. Uh, you know, you get some new guys in that have done something somewhere else and something somewhere else they thought was good uh, that'll fit in. I think you need to have a solid, solid running game. But uh, I think Scott knows enough about the passing game, of course, to to really have an effective passing game. And, and a lot of times, you know, when you have some guys on the staff, they, they tend to get in the way a little bit you get a little disagreement here and there, and maybe that's the right thing or the wrong thing. I don't know. But, um, you know, that's that's how that works. I've always thought that if you're going to hire people, you you need to have a little book with guys that you meet along the road during any time of the year at conventions, at anywhere, and you, and you talk to them and you think this would be a guy I'd like to talk to. So you have a list of guys, and it's kind of hard. Uh, to do that, you're going to have to do that now. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some guys, you know, of course, trying to get a hold of Scott. And that, that's the tough thing is when you're trying to win games and have people on the phone call them for a job. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's all going to work out, but uh, it may be that um, uh, Trev takes some of those phone calls and he keeps their mind, uh, you know, until the season's over and, you know, they, they probably got it worked out how they want it to do it. Coach, what's your take on the timing of this whole situation with two games still left in the season? Obviously, recruiting is a year-long battle, and you don't want to have coaches in here recruiting that you know aren't going to be here at the end of the season. But what what is, I mean, firing most of your offensive staff mean for this offense in the final two games of the season? Well, you know, that may affect, you know, any time you get rid of coaches, it may affect the players in some way, you know. Um, as long as the head coach is stable, I think you're okay. But uh, the recruiting part of it is something that should be, you know, in line with, with getting hired. Uh, you know, that more experience you've had. And, and I, of course, I recruited John Garrison, so I know what kind of person he is. And, you know, and he'd, be, he'd really be a plus for, for the team. And, you know, so there's, there's some guys that, you know, have – played for us in the past I don't know that going out and hiring your buddies or your friends is a good idea a lot of times because uh, you know it, it comes times like this you know that are hard if they, you have to get rid of them it's a hard thing to do I went through it at Wisconsin where the best friend of the head coach got fired mm-hmm. and I ended up taking his job as the defensive coordinator and I you know, from all the way from the offensive line to defensive coordinator, that's pretty good jump. But um, that that was tough. I mean, it was tough on everybody because, you know, you work with a guy for six, seven years, and he's gone. And so, you know, it's a, it's kind of a ruthless business. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Thoughts on... Scott Frost's retention and uh, then the dismissal of most of the offensive staff. 
Coach, let's go to Ohio State. Let's go to the game. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess my question for you is, why does it look so so buttoned up and, and well-oiled on defense but not offense? And that's been kind of an ongoing theme. Well, you know, one of the things is, is I, I really, I really believe is, is a lot of time it's, it's just timing of everything. I mean, you know, you can say timing. Well, we did good. We didn't do too. We didn't fumble. We didn't do some of these things. You know, we might have thrown an interception, but it's a tip ball. I hate those things. Mm-hmm. And then quarterback gets blamed for it. You know how that goes. But you know, when any time you have a you know, uh, uh, a change or something like that. All of all of all of it comes down to to um, just trying to figure out what's the right thing for your players, because some players don't fit into some things. And and uh, and getting a new offense and getting a new defense will take the heads of all people. It's not going to be. It shouldn't be one person. It should be a conglomeration of, you know. Uh, you know, in other words, stamp of approval by everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I think that that's one of the things I think that really helps a lot. Now, Tom worked his way through it. You know, he came in as a pro player and a, a, actually an academic advisor. So, you know, some of these jobs, like you were talking about some of the guys that play pro ball and maybe not coached uh, football, you know, know enough fundamentally uh, you know, to be able to teach it. And if they're good teachers, which you don't know, but most of the time, you know, you got guys like Rayola and some of those people, they're, you know, they're competent. I'd say he, he had a good balance of what he did when he was here mm-hmm. as to what, you know, what we did to practice and so forth and so on. I'm sure he could add a lot to, uh, you know, to the staff, for example, and and John Garrison, the same thing. He's had a lot of experience now. He's been on a couple of staffs. He's been moving around and learning things there. That's really important. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, uh, a thought with uh, Nebraska as we move forward. You have two guys that are on staff. I've got about a minute left. Bill Bush and, and Ron Brown. Ron's been really good with different staffs and, and Bill Bush has been here before and they're both analysts. Would it make sense to, to slide them in, in the interim, if not longer? Well, I don't see anything wrong. I think that has to be the head coach's decisions. I mean, that, you know, uh, I'm sure that he, you know, it's not, you know, they can, not as hard to get rid of people if you have to in that manner, if they have those positions, but, uh, I think uh, the other thing is I think you can really determine what you want them to do. I know a lot of guys have tried to use them, you know, as coaches on the sly and that kind of stuff. That's no good. Mm-hmm. It just that's that's just crazy, but they do it. And um, so I think that they're, you know. Um, I, I, you know, I've not, I, I worked with Ron, so I can say that. And, and Bill was a graduate assistant for us, but, you know, I don't, I don't know what he's been doing exactly. So I don't know what my opinion would be, but I know that to keep those guys is, uh, you know, they're good people. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Coach, going to be an interesting uh, rest of the week. We'll see where Nebraska goes and uh, if uh, they can get the positions filled because you got to be in living rooms here on November 28th. Well, you know, last week I was really happy the way the kids played. I don't, you know, you can say I hate saying, well, you know, it, it just was they, their heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. And, and I think Scott's done a good job of doing that. They played hard for sure. Coach, we'll talk next Monday. Thanks for the time today. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks to Coach McBride. We'll have open phones. Uh, get back to your calls here. In about 15 minutes, Bill Dolman with us. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. We'll no doubt throw the old lasso around Billy D here Friday, but it's a pretty uh, ground-shaking day for Nebraska football. They've not uh, offed assistance before a season's done ever, to my knowledge. Bill, thanks for the time. At Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you find him. Reaction here to the offensive staff, aside from Becton being said, thanks for, for what you've done. We're, we're parting ways with you. We'll get to the restructuring and, and that discussion in a moment. But uh, what, how have you processed today? You know, uh, I, I woke up this morning thinking, I don't think I've ever seen so many coaching changes in the middle of a season um, as we're witnessing right now in college football. And just a couple hours later, the news comes down that I I was hoping that we would have heard maybe uh, over the weekend, but I'm glad we heard it today, that, you know, Scott's coming back. I think Nebraska needed that more than anything to be able to move forward into this really important recruiting um, uh, window uh, and just just cease the drama. But then a couple uh, minutes later, you know, you, you see the news that Nebraska's joined with Florida, uh, and all the, you know, Texas Tech, Oregon State, um, yep. Oregon State, um, with Washington. I mean, I have never seen the coaching carousel, especially with assistant coaches, spinning as much as it is right now in the middle or the end of a season. I mean, to me, it's really remarkable. And Nebraska's right there. And, you know, and I said this last week, you know, part of the maturation process for a young head coach, and I know Scott's in his late 40s now, but still part of the maturation process is to be able to say, look, we need changes. I love my staff. I love the guys who came here with me. I love the people who have been with me for so long. But as part of my job and the loyalty that I have to the program and to the state of Nebraska and to the P and to the players who are here and the people who have invested in me and in us, we just need to make some really hard decisions and make some changes. And so I know I'm, I'm sure this is a very difficult, maybe the most difficult day for Scott in his coaching career to say goodbye to people who believed in you and followed you, but it, it's just part of the business. And I think for Nebraska to make the decision that it did, um, which, I th- which I applaud, Nebraska needed to bring Scott back. I think I think everybody who has listened to me over the past however long would know that this is what I think Nebraska needed to do. But for Scott to make the decisions and the hard decisions, I think shows maturity on his part. He made a difficult decision. I'm surprised it's happened before the end of the season. But this is the, this is the era of college football that we are in. I hate to say everybody else is doing it, 
but that's just the way it's going right now. And I don't think he would have done it if he hadn't been thinking about it, making some calls in the, uh, uh, the last few weeks, that he wouldn't have a plan in place as to who he wants to bring in and can bring in in the coming weeks as the recruiting uh, uh, period really starts to heat up. Yeah, in-home visits are the 28th of November, Bill, and it looks kind of bad to do in-season, but there's really no good time. You are going to have to make offensive changes. Philosophy-wise, maybe you go more towards the option or ground and pound, but you got to live and win with the gritty, dirty, tough yards with ball control. There's some elements of this offense that, that do work, but one of them's not been pass protection, and that was evident. And it's all it's all been evident, Bill, and all these close one score losses. And you know, next year's got to be eight nine wins, uh, and it's got to hit the ground running. You've got to recruit. You got to develop. I mean, you've got to warp speed this thing. Now, granted, he's had it'll be then five years. But it's there's a lot on his plate to get fixed and figured out, so he's back beyond 2022. You know, we are entering an, an era of college football that people need to understand. You're not going to go 12 and one, 11 and two, 10 and you know whatever. You're going to have conference championship teams that are going to have two and three losses because we're going to have this 64-team super-type thing uh, where it's going to look a lot more like the NFL than it's, than it's going to look like college football past. When we look at college football right now. You have one really, really, really good team in Georgia, and you have Alabama, who is Alabama. That has just a ton of talent. And then beyond one and two, and we talked about it briefly about these college football rankings you know, to think that you're going to have 12 teams that could fight for a national championship, no. You know, I don't think they can go beyond eight to have really legitimate teams in a college football playoff. But what I'm saying is we're getting into an era where, you, where teams and fan bases are going to have to understand you're going to have two and three losses, and you're going to have a lot of teams that all look kind of jumbled up where they're all – you know, six and three or seven and two or, you know, five and four between rank, you know, rank number five or rank number 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just the way college football is going. And, you know, so people need to adjust their mindset that a couple losses, three losses, and that's going to be a pretty good season, right? It's a new normal. Um, You know, it it is going to be the new normal. Um, But, you know, is that going to happen immediately? I I don't know. But anyway, Nebraska needed to make the needed to make the moves that it made today. Keep Scott Frost, make the announcement now, not dangle this out for another couple three weeks to the end of November. And then Scott needed to make some hard decisions and make some changes. Am I surprised that a couple of them? Yes. Am I uh, were a couple of them absolutely needed to be made? Yes. And and he made the the changes as ex- I think really expected. I think it's really tough to see Ryan Held go, because I you know having been around Ryan when he was a player, I've not been around him as a coach, but having seen what he has done in his career, and I think that he got the career opportunity of a lifetime. And then to tweet out today that he you know thank you for the opportunity, uh, you know just a classy classy guy. And I think anybody who 
you know, as a Nebraska football fan, just roots for that guy. Mm-hmm. You just love Ryan Held because he's so passionate about it and he got a great opportunity. And I think everybody wishes him well. And, you know, Greg Austin having ties to Nebraska, you just you wish all those people well, but, it, you know, it's, it's the business now. Bill, uh, let's talk restructuring. We don't have the, the data, but we know what Michigan did. And that's go from $8 million a year to $4 million a year with the buyout being $4 million, right? So what in your eyes, um, knowing Trev like you do, is probably the, the number here? What, what do you think uh, things were, were agreed upon here to, to get a, a fifth season? Well, let's face it. Scott's done pretty well for himself in the bank account category over the last four years, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm sure it's probably something similar. Um, I don't think he was ever going to get $20 million. And whether that has anything to do with that brief press conference announcing that Nebraska uh, admitted to using consultants in an untoward way mm-hmm. for whatever that was, you know, doing what everybody else is doing, Um I'm sure that it's probably something that is, look, you're going to get, if something happens and there's a change made, you're going to do pretty well for yourself. And we're not going to get in Nebraska saying, we're not going to get caught up in this game of spending, you know, a lot of money after we've stuck by you for as long as we have. So whatever the numbers are, I'm sure it was, you know, something that the university probably will come out much better on the other side if a change has to be made. So I don't know what those numbers are. I know they'd have to pay those assistant coaches, I guess, through next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but anymore, that's, I guess, <laughs> relatively speaking, a drop in the bucket. But I'm sure, I'm sure the university made a deal with Scott that is much more beneficial to the university, uh, given its loyalty to Scott and giving him another season. Um, and I think this also, look, for Trev Alberts, uh, Trev's a smart guy, and Trev has connections. But he's been on the job four months. If a change has to be made, this allows him to look at the landscape of college football, investigate coaches that might be out there if a change does have to be made a year from now. You know, this isn't something where you go, okay, let's find a search firm, and you end up with somebody going, wait wait a minute, who, why? You know, you mentioned Chris Peterson, just for an example. You know, Chris Peterson is a great football coach. He has spent exactly one a year of his life. And I interviewed Chris at a very lengthy 30-minute show that we did a few years back on the mountain. I did my homework on him. One year outside of the Pacific Northwest and Northern California. So to say, well, we got to bring in Chris Peterson. Well, what ties does he have, you know? Does you've he, what, be able to he, do does he get the Big to, Ten? Yeah. Right. Do you, you've got to, if you're going to be Trev Alberts, you've got to be able to have done your homework really investigated what the landscape is like and is going to be like before you make a move like that. No athletic director is stupid enough to hire to fire a football coach and not have a plan except for one. <laughs> and that's why we're in the mess that we're in right now. Bill Dolman's with us here. Hail varsity radio. Bill, what do you make of the timing of all this? I asked the same question to Charlie McBride, but with two games left, it's, it seems unusual in the, the grand scheme of college football to be firing assistant coaches in the middle of the season. But that's become a, a bit of the normal this year. Do you think that that means that not necessarily they've given up on these last two games of the season, but do you think that these last two games of the season, uh, they could be trying out some new things, uh, seeing what works on offense and what doesn't? 
Well, you know, keep this in mind, and I, and I, and I uh, you know, this has all happened so fast. You have Ron Brown on staff, right? You have Bill Bush on staff, uh, and, and so you've got you have some coaches on staff in consultant roles. Who I'm sure will be allowed to, you know, have expanded roles, and and maybe they'll be part of what's going on moving forward. You know, Ron's coached running backs before. You know, Bill Bush has been a part of national championship teams and special teams and all those kinds of things. And I'm sure that they've got people in place, you know, to to make, you know, to make a go of it these last two games. Um, you know, I think the thing that was cri- the most critical for Nebraska, and I think for all of us fans and observers, close observers, Nebraska fought. You know, the Purdue game was awful. Let's face it. The first half of the Minnesota game was awful, let's face it. But Nebraska fought Ohio State. They punched them in the mouth. And Ohio State was the one that, that had to react, and they got the win. But I think you're going to see a team that shows fight, that will fight Wisconsin, that will fight Iowa, and will fight to the end of the season for Scott and for the coaches who are there. And I, and I think that that's one of the reasons why the decision was made. Are they going to have to, you know, scramble and put some stuff together unusually for the last two games? Yes. But I, I don't think Scott makes these moves without having made the contacts and understanding who could fill those roles when all is said and done. And, and whether that needs to be soon or not, I don't know. But Scott's min- not going to make those changes without, without having a plan in place. Sorry to interrupt. Five minutes on the other side. Hang tight, okay? Okay. And we're back. Fellas. Think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! One and out, a busy Monday. Scott Frost back from Trev Albert. Scott Frost cutting loose all of his offensive staff, except Coach Becton, Colin Cowherd weighing in. Nebraska football finally figured it out. You're not the coaching destination you think. Keep a guy that loves the Huskers and has shown he can win as a coach. Just not easy to win quickly at Nebraska anymore. It's a six-year rebuild, not three. Joel Klatt, Colin Cowherd, some of the national voices weighing in. Pat Forty has come full force with both steel chairs and a sharp object, uh, piling on Trev Albert's decision to retain Scott Frost, Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Uh, a little bonus time, a little overtime here with Bill as he's laid things out. Bill, I didn't mean to, to step on you there. I had to get out for break, but we were talking about, we, we've hit a lot. We've hit about Scott's maturity and having to make tough calls with some 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 friends, and that's a, a criticism uh, now and and even when the staff was put together, are you bringing your buddies? Are you bringing the best available? Well, he he was loyal. He brought everybody from from Central Florida with him, and and now it's about kind of refining and figuring out an offense that's going to be power based. And uh, we'll see if if they go that direction. We've hit on some of the analysts that can slide in to help, maybe short term or long term, and in Bill Bush and Ron Brown. But I wanted to ask you about some some names for the offensive line. And, and, I, and I think, you know, Greg Austin could have been coaching the Buffalo Bills two years ago. And I look at what the offensive line has been this year, a lot of it because of youth, and then there's nothing behind that youth. There's also no development behind Adrian because you've got two quarterbacks there that 
weren't playing because they weren't the best suited to play and give the team a chance to win per Coach Frost's take because you got a guy with a busted jaw and a, and a, and a, and a bum ankle, right? You have a hurt and an injured guy trying to, to get it done against Ohio State, and when he's hurt or injured, it's, it's, you have ineffectiveness from Adrian despite his heart. So do you give a phone call to a guy like Garrison to come back? Uh, do you reach out to Dominic Raiola, who's coaching high school and, by the way, has a stud quarterback kid? Talk to me here. Who can you get in the next two weeks? And who can you pay and maybe make it a three-year deal, not a two-year deal, to round out your offensive staff? Well, there are going to be coaches out there. You know, First of all, what is Pat Forty's deal against Nebraska? Oh my God! It's I mean, this Nebraska is like, got accepted over. to the Big Ten instead of his beloved Missouri. That, that's that, my. Take. I mean, seriously, that, I wonder if that if that's part of it. I, I he he's got such a bug against the Big Red. I have no idea that he went to Missouri and we probably kicked Missouri's ass the whole time he was an undergrad there. I don't know, but I do not get it. But anyway, I digress. Um, you know, sure, is it great to have ties? To to have to bring in people who have ties to Nebraska, absolutely. But you know, you you have a, you know you have, you have coaching contacts all throughout the country, and like I said before, Scott's probably tapped into that and and gone to you know maybe some of his mentors and said, who's the young coach out there, and can you contact those kinds of things and say, look, Scott Frost is going to call. This is the job you need to take because it's still Nebraska, and if you do well there, young buck. You're going to be a legend there for life, Milt Kenniper, Dan Young, Charlie McBride, George Darlington, or you're going to set yourself up for the next big step in your coaching career. Kevin Steele comes to you know, mind in that regard. So Nebraska is still going to be a destination place for a young assistant coach, an established coach, you know, somebody who wants to you know, really make a mark on a major program. This is big news in college football. Again, it, Nebraska matters. What happens with Scott Frost is, is the big story in college football. So there are going to be coaches out there who are going to look at this as my opportunity to, to make it or take the next step in my coaching career. Uh, is it Dominic Royola? Nasty guy. When he was a player, I'd love to have a bunch of Dominic Royolas out there with Nebraska's offensive line. John Garrison has been a, a bright coach. Terrific. Bring him on. Is it somebody different? You know, is it somebody we don't know? Uh, you know, nobody thought about Toyota uh, uh, from Cal a couple of years ago. He's done pretty well, right? Good recruiting connections. But I don't think Scott makes the changes that he's made today without having an idea of where he can go and who he can bring in. Last thought here, Bill. Is it time for Nebraska to finally fi- or hire a full-time special teams coach? Well, uh, you've got to find the players you know, for one, that, that can be coached and coached up and that have the talent. I'm not sure Nebraska necessarily had kickers that have, you know, had consistent talent. That uh, You know, it's just, it still amazes me. Now, uh, do you need a coach who's going to have the right guys back to returning kicks? Yes, I, I suppose. Uh, I, you know, Nebraska did quite well over the years with Dan Young, who was with Milt coaching offensive lines, and Dan was out there with his stopwatch watching – you know, Chris Brown and Tom Seiler and Byron Bennett, you know. I, I don't know if it's a full-time special teams coach that you need, but you certainly need somebody who knows how to coach those guys. And you got to find the players that can get the job done. And sometimes I'm wondering if Nebraska's not just said, 
well, let's just get a kicker. Let's let's find somebody that's going to be a difference maker at those positions, and then you know, and then move forward. Um, but you got to get an offensive line coach for sure, a, a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator that's in sync with Scott and with what needs to be done in the Big Ten. And Nebraska made the right move today, making the announcement, and Scott made a mature move as a head coach to make the moves that he made. And uh, I think next year is going to be better. I think it's just going to get better and better. We still going to Ireland? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hear they got Guinness over there. Yeah, so I'm all in. I, dude, I tried to pour a Guinness after we had a long and rabid post game show, as you can imagine, and uh, it was fifty fifty. Let's keep him. Let's dump him. I mean, that's how it went, right? And after getting everything tore down, I belly up to the bar and. and I had to settle for one of the 250 whiskeys at Single Row, which was fine. It was great. <laughs> but I was going to have a Guinness for you and then FaceTime you. And they were out of, they were with that game, brother, they were out of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> so was I yeah. after that game, as a matter oh, of fact. But uh, look, everything I've said today is right. So that's why you have me on. <laughs> and uh, things are only going to get better for the Big Red. And I'm glad they moved, made the move that they made. And if Turev has to make a difficult decision next year, He's going to be better prepared mm-hmm. to make that decision than if something had, you know, needed to happen after four months on the job. Bill, we'll uh, check in Friday. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you. All right. Go Big Red. Things, uh, things are looking up. There he is. Bill Dolman with us. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Good to get his perspective on things. Just, just a, a full nuke of news today. So we have reacted uh, you can mull it over. More time tomorrow to react. Rick Kaczynski's thoughts tomorrow. Mitch Sherman's thoughts tomorrow. We're going to talk a little basketball because the Huskers tip off tomorrow at 7, which is good. And uh, we'll wind down a Monday. Still a, a little window to get in at 466-3776 or 466 825-5865. Plenty of emails. We'll no doubt try and uh, rock and roll through. Thanks for uh, listening today with Hail Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. A lot covered, a lot discussed, a lot reacted to with Scott Frost back in 2022. Trev Alberts uh, restructuring the deal. Scott Frost making the difficult decision to uh, let go of his entire offensive staff except Coach Becton. And uh, we'll get to, we are tight for time here. We'll get to some of your emails More reaction tomorrow, I promise you. Uh, You'll have uh, more of a a window to do that. And it's it's just been, you know, Elijah, we we were kind of expecting a a decision, a statement. Was it going to be end of the week? Was it going to be today? But something needed to be announced as you move forward here. Another close loss, eliminated from postseason. Trev and Scott are chatting. And what's your what's your plan? What's your vision? for success and clearly the the offense uh that that they're going with 
or had gone with isn't isn't what they want to do in the future, or at least those assistants that help with that weren't part of the plan. You've had it all has been the offensive line. You have a position coach that took the fall today. You have a position group that loved that guy in Greg Austin, and you have a mean, nasty, physical offensive line coach in Greg Austin. His guys haven't been mean, nasty, and physical. They've also needed, in my humble opinion, I'm not throwing any of those guys away because I think they are talented, right? I just think what you're asking them to do with your Oregon offense isn't something they're they're, they're ready to do or do well yet. So you got to kind of adjust. If you're going to play freshmen or redshirt freshmen or third-year sophomores with minimal reps and it's their first starting year, do what they do well. And in all honesty, if Prohaska is still here at left, you've got Turner at right, and maybe the rest of your O-line performs at a level similar to what you got out of it, rushing and, and pass protection against Northwestern. The, the thing is, is there was just no development of the offensive line throughout this season as well. The problems that were rearing their ugly head, aside from uh, some false starts, were not fixed as the year went on. Uh, pass protection was still an issue. You had to get really creative against Ohio State once they had, f- what, five first half sacks. Now you had to start pulling Cam Jurgens around and blocking the ends because your tackles couldn't do it. Uh, and you're still calling pass plays mm-hmm. that that require a certain amount of time for guys to get open. Mm. I mean, you just, it took seven sacks against Sparty for you to finally make changes. That is all on your head coach and your position coach to get figured out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God love uh, uh, Nuri, but why is Nuri now finally on scholarship and why has he started the last three games versus not being a, a reality option at left guard to start the year. I mean, th- there are those questions. Who's making the call? Is the line coach getting to make the call, or is the head coach saying, here's who I want? Mm. And I, I don't know that. But, hey, thanks to all these assistants that have put their time in it here at Lincoln uh, with Nebraska. We appreciate you greatly and all your time with us. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense is buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Back tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Thanks.